the Pregnancy Without Fear podcast. These podcasts are here to help you minimize your fear of childbirth. Too many women go through pregnancy being worried, anxious, or fearful. Well, I'll be sharing tips with you so you can have the mind of knowing. Did you know that fear is about not knowing? When you know, fear is minimized. It then means you can enjoy your pregnancy, looking forward to your childbirth experience. You are listening to Pregnancy Without Fear podcasts with Delia Muhammad. Without Fear podcast. My name is Delia Mohammed and I'm your host. And the subject we want to speak on today is about hypnobirthing. Hypnobirthing is, or or should I say, yeah, is um, becoming very, very popular among the women in the pregnancy world. And yeah, we've got quite a few mothers who are happy to have hypnobirthing um, to go to classes, to do one-to-one, and they have their disadvantages and advantages. We have people who say it didn't work for them, and then we've got people who say it did. Um, but I've got someone here called Tracy, Tracy Aware. Is that right, Tracy Aware? Awarey. Awarey. <laughs> and she is a hypnobirthing coach, yes. teacher, therapist. Um, she does everything to do with hypnobirthing. And I've got her on this podcast because I really wanted to find out more and also for her to share her knowledge, her skills about this particular part of um, being strong in your pregnancy, being strong in labor. But I don't think it's just about um, pregnancy because I've known people Mm -hmm. to do hypnobirthing even though they haven't been pregnant. So (laughs) Tracy, please, um, lovely to have you on board here. And it would be great for you to just share with us, you know, what drew you to hypnobirthing? What's hypnobirthing all about? Yeah, sure, of course. So um, like you said um, at the beginning of Delia, indeed, hypnobirthing, I think, is something that can become a life skill as opposed to something that someone just use, uses in their preparation for um, the birth of their baby. Um, but of course, you're probably not calling it hypnobirthing if you're if you're not pregnant. But um, essentially, the way I would describe it as, is as um, a way to prepare for the birth of your baby that helps to instill confidence in you while you're pregnant, um, and also to be used during labour and the birth of your baby it's um, at the actual time. And also afterwards as well. So continuing on being a life skill, as I mentioned. So in terms of what it's all about, um, the question you asked, I would say it's a way to prepare to be calm and confident as you prepare for your, your baby's birth. And I'm very passionate about it being something that is for all women, because I know there's a few different kind of myths or ideas out there that it's only for women who maybe are from a certain socioeconomic background it's this very exclusive expensive thing um, or it's only for women who are maybe planning um, a completely unmedicated home birth in a birth pool for example Um, but I would actually say it's it's for anybody any um, mum-to-be that wishes to feel calm and confident as she prepares for her baby's birth and um, maybe I'm making an assumption here but that to me sounds like all women 
women. I can't imagine anybody wanting to feel fearful or anything other than um, calm and, and hopeful and expectant. Right. And, and of course, we, we never know. I mean, obviously, um, Dila, you're a doula with, you know, many, many years of experience. So I'm sure you'll agree with me here. We never know what's going to happen on the day. No. Babies can really surprise us. Um you know, and, and things can um, go in any which direction. So I think one of the many benefits of hypnobirthing is that it helps a mother to prepare no matter what the circumstances of the birth on the day. So essentially making sure she has the best experience that she can do. So you may well have a mother who wants a completely natural, unmedicated birth, but maybe when it comes to it on the day, the circumstances that unfold mean that she and all her baby needs some help, um, whether that is, you know, induction or augmentation to speed up the labour, whatever it may be. And that isn't necessarily something that she she wanted or, or planned, but because she has um, learned various tools in terms of relaxation and confidence and also because she's had um, a certain amount of birth education around how to um, ask the right questions and how to give her informed um, consent whether that's agreement or disagreement that coming from a place of being informed I think all of those things go towards what makes up a positive experience even if the birth wasn't what she had planned or that you know the um unfolding of the birth wasn't what she had planned um and in terms of how i myself got into hypnobirthing it was during my own pregnancy so um <laughs> my my baby is now 10 um, you know 10 years and four months so it's quite a while ago now oh and um yes it, it's it's crazy when i think about it we're at the stage now where we're looking at secondary schools preparing for next year september and this next stage in his sort of educational journey and yes. i look at him and i think gosh you know i, I remember having you like it was yesterday because it's an experience that that really stays with you which again yes. is you know why I was so passionate about helping women to prepare in a way that would leave them with a lasting positive um effect and a lasting positive memory of um the way they felt on the day yes. um the way they felt they were treated the way they felt you know the, the birth was was handled and um I myself had some special circumstances in my pregnancy, which meant that I was over the moon to be pregnant. I was so happy and, you know, really felt like I'd been um, blessed with this, you know, little soul that was was going to be coming to me in some months. Mm. But at the same time, I was very, very worried. So, you know, I had a lot of fear around, you know, what if this doesn't work out? What if it doesn't go the way I expected? And I think that was the the thing that drew me. I I was such a birth nerd and I I still am. I sort of absorb anything to do with with birth and, and babies and um you know motherhood because i think it's such a a special and sacred time i mean it It it, it informs our future generations doesn't it the way i think a baby is is welcomed into the world really has a big impact on on the world we all end up inhabiting um so that's where I've kind of found my my niche there. But um, I came across a podcast that I used to listen to when I was pregnant and they would cover different topics every day, much like yourself, actually, Delia, where, you know, they pick something to focus on. Yes. And there was one particular week um, where there was a group of mothers on talking about hypnobirthing. I'd, I'd never heard about it at the time because this was back in um 2008 2009 where perhaps it wasn't so well known there weren't really any celebrities that were talking about it quite yet it was Um, kind of a novelty at that time exactly exactly even though it was being used and probably being used under different names and people were sort of I think there are people out there that are sort of natural hypnobirthers so there might not have been a name that they gave it or even they might not have even consciously known um what they were doing but they just felt that actually if I do this 
this is going to help me be calm. This is going to um, help me produce the right sort of hormones that will make for a more comfortable birth experience. Mm -hmm. And um, in this podcast, there was a group of women that came on and spoke about using hypnobirthing and what their experience was. And um, some women were talking about it being really ecstatic and and pain-free and not feeling anything that was painful at all, but it actually being quite pleasurable and all of this. And there was a few women also that we're talking about just feeling really empowered and feeling mm. like um, the birth was their own um, rather than being on this sort of conveyor belt of, of maybe medicalized, um, you know, treatment, if you like. Yes. Um, they, they felt that they were in control, in control and that the birth was theirs and that their care providers were working with them rather than sort of directing them and saying, this is what's going to happen. And it's going to be this way, for, you know, without good, good reason. Fancy, and can I just interrupt you? and ask of course um, does it does this work just for mothers or women or can the husband or partner can a man also do hypnobirthing do you think is is it just for women only that's a really good question actually and i would say um no it's not just for the mother so her partner whether it's you know a male or, or a female whoever's yeah. going to be supporting her during labor and birth or even whoever's supporting her through pregnancy even if that person isn't necessarily the one that's there when the baby's born yeah they can definitely benefit from it as well because one of the things that we do teach about during the, the hypnobirthing course is the importance of um hormones and how that um can play out in in pregnancy and also in birth as in birth yes if a, a mother is in a state of of kind of calm and confidence she's producing um oxytocin which um as you're well known julia is the hormone of labor it's, right. it's the hormone that gets the, the surges going um, you'll hear me talk about surges contractions yes um it's the hormone that gets the surges going and makes them efficient as well um so rather than a woman just experiencing these sensations without it doing anything they're actually working more efficiently to actually help her cervix to um to thin and to open yes. making the baby's passage um, a lot smoother and then the reverse um, is also true as well so if a mother is in the opposite state so she's feeling anxious nervous fearful you know scared mm. overly observed she's producing more adrenaline yes. which is actually an inhibitor to um oxytocin mm -hmm. so what you're finding is her body's still wanting to do what it wants to do so you know she's still having these surges you know her baby's still trying to make its way earth side but you've then got a bit of a battle going on in terms of um you know these two different hormones so the surges that she's having may be more inefficient yes. um because they're not flowing so readily and we as human beings so much of our communication as um, i'm sure lots of people know is is non-verbal and we we pick up on things so imagine you've done all of this fantastic preparation you know pregnant lady you know how to get yourself into this calm state you know how to relax yourself yeah and then perhaps your birth partner's like really scared and anxious yes. and full of adrenaline you will pick up on that especially if it's a, especially if it's a loved one right because we're even more susceptible to the emotions um of, of our loved ones us. yes exactly exactly so that's actually why I say to women that um you know if they do have a, a partner that they um are preparing with then definitely if you're you know doing a class with me definitely bring your partner along to the class or if I'm doing a one-to-one -one class where I go to the, the partner's homes I definitely say you know don't don't send your husband away or your boyfriend or your yes. girlfriend whoever That's it may right. be don't don't send them away please let them be here I want yeah. to meet them and and even if you know everybody is different and everybody has their own comfort levels you know some people might say oh it's not really my thing I'm you know I don't think that this is for me yes. but at the same time just 
being present enough to understand what it is that the woman you are supporting is doing is, and what I think she is, needs exactly yeah. exactly it's very very integral so even if it means that okay I myself didn't listen to any of the hypnobirthing scripts because I, I don't think that's for me but I know that my partner um really likes a certain color for example she yes. associates the color of pink she associates that with relaxation so i know that if i kind of do a light touch massage with her and remind her of her calming pink color i know that that will help her mm-hmm. um or i know that she's doing a particular breathing pattern which will help her to yes. um you know kind of keep a steady breath as opposed to ending ending up sort of in a hyperventilative state that just right. knowing those things means that you as the partner can provide those prompts um to her and and as she as she needs them as well because the partner represents the continuity of care and continuity of care of care as well which um, obviously has, has been identified as being so vital yeah. um for the um kind of you know positive experience of a woman in labor i mean we're so f- fortunate to be in a, in a country that has the level of health care that it has you know yes. and many countries don't have an nhs we do but we're also very aware of how strained it is in terms of resource you won't necessarily see the same midwife from start to finish right. but chances are you'll have the same people in your life in your personal lives your, you know yes. so you know with them being that continued consistent carer and absolutely that has a a sort of infinitesimal benefit to to the mother so absolutely the partner can benefit you must tell us how many years you've been doing this because you sound so knowledgeable (laughs) do you know what it's been it's been about five and a half years and when I say that that out loud to myself yeah I actually think to myself is that all as well and to be honest I really feel um that it was something that was it was in me um yes. for many many years prior to that um i think even before becoming a mother myself i've always been very interested in um our minds the way that our minds work yes. um sort of you know psychology hypnotherapy yes. has always been a very very big interest of mine and just the fact that we possess within us the the power to affect the way we respond to something so as much as yeah. we can't necessarily control what is going on externally we can consciously control the way we respond um to to something and so our instincts um, and intuitions mm, is really what sparks that yeah. really in a way isn't it absolutely absolutely and just knowing and i think even sometimes when i speak with people just letting them know that they have that control is like a spark yes. for them it's like a relief it is. It's a relief for them to know that, oh, okay. So when I feel frightened, I don't have to panic. That's not my only option. Actually, what I can do is use my calming breath. When I use my calming breath and my out breath is, you know, twice as long as my in breath, that actually produces oxytocin. Oxytocin will instantly um, calm me down and put me in a better state of mind. Yes. Just making sure we're still connected. Are we still Are there? there? Yes, yes, we're still there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great, I've got you back. So, um, yes, just that sense of um, being able to work with, with the mind is something that I've always been very interested in. So, obviously, when I became pregnant myself and used hypnobirthing myself, I thought, well, you know, this, this is fantastic, the, the difference that it made um, for me. And what I'd started saying earlier is that when I was listening to that podcast and the different groups of women were talking about their experience with hypnobirthing, yes. it, it wasn't actually the women 
women that said they had pain-free birth that really piqued my interest. It was actually the women that said that they felt more in control of the experience. Like it was their experience as opposed to, I'm just going to turn up to the hospital and they're going to do this to me. Um, and I, I think that, that that really stems from the moment they are, uh, they have conception because, yes. you know, you're not in control of the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You're not, you can't see when your baby's growing yes. because you know, your womb isn't transparent. Mm -hmm. So your body is just doing the work without your permission. It's not even asking for your permission. It's just getting on with the work. Exactly. all of a sudden you're told you've got to birth this baby and you're thinking, okay, labor. (laughs) Um, I've heard some stories and I don't want to go down that road. So how am I going to not go down that road? And then... You know, like mm-hmm. you said, bing, hit the birthing. You find <laughs> something because it might not be hit the birthing. It, it could be just acupuncture. It could be reflexology. Yes, but it, absolutely, something that you find is a niche for you in order to feel that you can be in control. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's the the thing. I think sort of reclaiming birth is is a sort of phrase that I often have in my mind because like I said before regardless of how that woman is birthing whether it's um you know plant cesarean emergency cesarean natural birth home birth water birth whatever it is I think there's something for everybody here because no woman should birth in fear no um you know when I've I've worked with women who were having um planned c-sections I've worked with women who were wanting v-backs but were also very open-minded um about the fact that they may have a cesarean again Mm -hmm. I think just in doing that work and going through the options was a a big help for them and a big release for them because I think um and Delia this is probably your experience as well as a doula one of the big questions that always comes up um for pregnant women especially I would say newly um or new mums as opposed to women that have had babies before necessarily is am I allowed it's a question that gets asked a lot and I and you know you sort of take it for granted I mean some people might take it for granted that obviously doctors are experts and they know what they're doing and it's like they tell you what to do but actually like you said before Dila you know your baby is growing your body's doing all of the things that it needs to do without any outside instructions and your body knows exactly and then when it comes to to birth I mean because if you think about any other sphere of you know medicine or care or whatever it is there is always consultation between the doctor you know the provider and the I'm going to use the word patient for want of a better word. I, yes. I, I personally don't refer to pregnant women as patients because it's not no. it's not a pathology. You're not sick, but just <laughs> for the sake of um, making everybody clear on what we're talking a about. Yes. Yeah, um, <laughs> that you would always have this back and forth interaction between the doctor and the patient. But it's very strange that when it comes to pregnancy, it seems that autonomy seems to have had no, to be lost. There is no back and forth. <laughs> exactly. None at all. It's total control from one side. Yeah. And poor mother has to really look at. And I, I, I do find, because I'm, um, you, you're saying to me, I, obviously the last time we met, I was a doula. Yes. I'm no longer a doula. Mm. I am, and I'm really an empowerment teacher. Mm-hmm. I empower me. My, I do podcasts called Pregnancy Without Fear. Mm-hmm. And I know that there is always fear there. Yes. Anyone that says to me, I am not fearful, I would have trouble with mm. because any woman who goes into into labor when she's when she's ready to go into labor, if she 
um, doesn't matter how many children she has, mm. she will always have that element of fear because she doesn't know how it's going to go. Yeah. yeah. But I do a lot of podcasts, Pregnancy Without Fear, really looking at those areas. And that's why I wanted to speak to you in relation to hypnobirthing so that women who listen to the podcast can actually grasp what hypnobirthing is mm. and how it can be beneficial yeah. for them. Because that is, I believe, um, another area that helps women to, as you say, not so much eliminate the fear, but minimise mm-hmm. it. Yeah, definitely. And I think find practical um, ways to actually manage as, as yes. well, because it's it's kind yes. of this thing that's standing in your way and it's affecting the actual process of labour itself. It could be, you know, delaying things, slowing things down, which therefore is um, more likely to lead to unwanted um, interventions. And I think one of yes. the... The great things about hypnobirthing is that we do, um, obviously hypno is in the name. It does involve um, hypnosis, you know, hypnotherapy. Um, So basically what we're doing is using the hypnotic state. And I I always start my sessions um, with with women or with couples explaining what hypnosis is, because I know that if um, for those that haven't ever had example there is this kind of almost like mystical element like what is it is somebody it going to is. be controlling me am it's, i going well, to be like a zombie or in exactly, a trance or? Because, you know you know how it is about hypnosis yeah you know, we see it on the tv we see yeah. and the way that Indeed. people get you know hypnotized and yeah oh my god am i going to be going through that exactly not at all not at all in fact the things that we see on television so yeah i would say they're probably more akin to illusionists because they give the illusion of mind control but it's really not i mean the bit that they don't show you especially on the the pre-recorded shows it's different if you go to their live show because you get to see some extra bits but with the pre-recorded show you don't see that they've eliminated a whole host of people before they get to the one or two people that they're going to use for their (laughs) trick so when you see you know um a, a very sensible looking young lady standing on stage eating an onion being told that it's a juicy apple and you're thinking oh my god how have they done that how have they mind controlled this young woman it's not that they've taken over this person's mind it's that they have eliminated people based on susceptibility and you know the way they respond to things until they get to the personal people that are more likely to be susceptible to their particular suggestions because one of the things i think everybody should know is that we all have our own inbuilt conscious critical factor that keeps us safe it means that nobody could ever make us do something that we don't don't feel comfortable with or don't want to do so let's say it's essentially like lowering your inhibitions Mm. and when your inhibitions are lowered it doesn't mean that you're not yourself it just means that the part of you that maybe is a little bit more brave or a little bit more of an exhibitionist is able to come to the surface Mm. so for example you know let's say i was to i don't know get drunk i I don't drink personally but let's say i was to get drunk and then i would walk down the street singing at the top of my voice you know there's probably actually there's a part of the shy tracy that would quite like to sing in public but i don't (laughs) normally but when I'm, you know, having had this inebriation, my my inhibitions have lowered, yes. and therefore I can be brave and and sing at the top of my lungs. I mean, it's a it's a comical. Um example but i just like to put that out there just to give people an idea yes. of, of what what can happen so your inhibitions are lowered and also your um rational problem solving mm. thinking working out that part of your brain is kind of yeah it's kind of put on on pause yes. if you like that is kind of sent to the back it's like you go and have a rest conscious brain yes. and subconscious you can now Pop come up. to the yeah 
Exactly. We can speak with you subconscious a bit more readily. And it's the subconscious where the work is done because our subconscious is where we store all of our fears. Every single experience that we have had since conception is, there. is in there. We, we, Of course, we don't remember it consciously because, you know, it's just far too much for our, our human minds now current level of evolution. It's too much for us to, to keep in mm. our minds, but it's there. Um, and it's like, um, it's like a hard drive, you know, that stored all these experiences. And if you imagine from the time that we were youngsters, you know, both males and females, if we, especially if we live in the West, we've probably heard horror stories about pregnancy yes. and birth. We've heard, um, you know, we've seen things like one born every minute, or we've heard somebody telling about um, someone else's unfortunate yep. experience. And, and we store those we things, do. even if we're not consciously aware of it, we store those. And what happens when we're then in an experience is that our um, mind makes like, it takes milliseconds to, to draw back on this mm-hmm. reference, you know, looking into our subconscious to inform us of how to respond in such a situation. So when we have a fear or a phobia of something, even though it seems to us on a conscious level irrational, it is our subconscious trying to keep us yes. safe. So for example, you know, if as an infant, let's say I was, you know, age two and a dog bit me or something, yeah. I may not remember that that incident mm-hmm. happened, but as I grow up and as an adult, I might have a fear of dogs. That's right. And that's because my subconscious remembers exactly exactly i remember on a subconscious level that dogs equal danger therefore as an adult my response to dogs is to move away or to run Mm -hmm. away whatever it may be that's my subconscious keeping it might not seem like a very rational motion you know you know it might be a little chihuahua who's so tiny you're thinking why is this person scared of it but the the subconscious mind doesn't have to be rational it just wants to keep us safe so in the same way that um somebody who's maybe had a lot of um, exposure to negative um, stories or you know um input about birth um they may not know it but their mind is drawing from this bank of um potentially negative influences and input about birth and and that might inform the way that they feel and to be honest even if they haven't had a lot of negative input with regards to birth like you said um fear of the unknown is a big thing as well you know if you've never if you've never had a baby before you don't know anything at all of what to expect even if you have had a baby before you've never had this baby before um you know you only ever give birth to that baby once so there's always that sense of what's going to happen and first time um, mothers would they be the ones that you feel would come to you more and the majority of my clients have been first time mothers i would say of the you know 300 odd um mothers that i've taught yes. Um, there's probably only been a handful, maybe about 10 or so that have been subsequent um, mothers. Um, But I would absolutely say that subsequent mothers um, can benefit from it, especially if maybe they had a a negative experience in the previous births or maybe um, they were lacking some knowledge in the previous births because obviously we grow and we evolve all the time. You know, it may be that with your first pregnancy, you just went along with everything that you were just you totally were told green, um, weren't you, really exactly but then as you maybe have conceived the next time you might be looking at different options and you yes. see that oh actually 
why was I in, on the labour wards? I didn't have to be there. That's I could have been right. in the birth centre or actually maybe I could have been at home. So you start to educate yourself bit by bit and yes. think, actually, maybe there's another way because that wasn't my preferred experience. Then is another way I can do it. So now that I'm pregnant a second time, it's even more important to me because I already have a child to care for. Yes. So I want to make sure that I am in the best mental and emotional and physical state, state. Yes. so that when I'm caring for my newborn, I'm also, you know, I also have mental capacity and strength to to um, care for my um, existing baby as well yeah. so I want to find a way to um, prepare that that gives me that strength if you like that gives me that extra bolster um, that I can that I can lean on so can definitely I ask in relation to VBAC mothers yes yes um, you have connections with VBAC mothers and would you say that they would also need or not need but that they mm-hmm. that you think that hypnobirthing could probably be something for them because a lot of the obviously there's yeah. so many women out mothers out there that mm-hmm. have a baby um based up and it, they've had a c-section and it could be mm-hmm. quite traumatic and yeah. they're with this their first one two three four years and then they get pregnant and then it's mm-hmm. this, it, you know it's like a replay yes and naturally yes of course there is so much fear and mm. a lot of negativity as well, not mm-hmm. just only from yeah. family and friends, but from the healthcare providers as well. Of, yeah, know? of and course. So you yeah. have VBAC mothers, in a way, really fighting because they believe they can have a vaginal birth. They want to have a mm. vaginal birth, but then they're mm-hmm. being told otherwise. And so would you, would you say that hypnobirthing would be something that would be key in their lives? I would say absolutely. Yes, definitely. Um, for a number of reasons, actually. Firstly, because we do work on fear release. So if in, in this case, the mother may well have a conscious fear because she has this previous experience. It's very much in the front of her mind. She wants to work on that. So that would definitely help them. Also, the course goes through um, how to work with your care providers, because it's never about us versus them. Yes. It's always about how can we work together? Because ultimately everybody wants the same thing. Everybody wants the mother and the baby to be safe and to be well. And I'm very aware of the fact that care providers, you know, there is fear of liability there. Yes. You know, they, they do worry about, um, you know, mitigation and, and the rest of it. But at the same time, that shouldn't mean that a mother has to be kind of robbed of an experience, um, you know, more beneficial because experience. Of that, yes. Because because of that, exactly. So one of the things that I do um, with the, the mothers or the, the couples is I will give them some guidance on some questions that they can ask of their care providers. Yes. Because I think it should never be a question of um, being like a, a battle, like, no, I'm not doing that. I know that I can have a VBAC and, and that's that. Because that doesn't feel good for the mother anyway. No. She feels like she's fighting. And also, you know, just out of respect to the care provider, they obviously they've been doing this for many years. They're experts. They know what they're talking about, etc. But at the same time, we want an open dialogue. I think the main thing always that we're trying to understand is is there a clear medical indication for me, me, myself, as an individual woman, not statistics or other women that you've worked with, me, myself, Mrs. Jones, whoever standing in front of you, mm-hmm. is there a reason that you see it would not be safe for me to have a feedback based on the way that I'm presenting to you today? Of course, we can't say what will happen in labour itself, but right now. And I think it's getting to the crux of understanding that. Because obviously, if the practitioner says to the lady, actually, 
actually, yes, I can see that your current baby's um, placenta is, is growing, you know, scar tissue. It's adhering in a way to the scar tissue of your first cesarean. Right. We think that might be dangerous. That is completely different. That's a clear medical indication. Yes. Versus statistically, we find that women who have birthed by a cesarean previously yes. have better outcomes have if better, they have another yes. cesarean. That is you quoting statistics. Of that course. is not you quoting what you're looking at when you look at me as an individual yes. woman who's pregnant now. Or just basic experiences that you've you've um, envisaged in your time of working yes. as a professional. And mm-hmm. as far as you're concerned, nine out of ten women don't or aren't professional, aren't um, successful, and yes. so then you put that mother in the same box. Exactly. Even though she and every other woman should really be getting individualised care based on their unique situation so yes definitely in fact sometimes that's even the most important part I would say just giving them the tools and the guidance on how to have this open conversation with their care providers and also just signposting as well and letting people know that you know I know that resources are stretched with the NHS but you do have the right to ask for an alternative um, provider as well I mean if you feel like there's this butting of heads between you and your consultant or you know whoever they may be you can actually ask for a second opinion um what some women will do again it depends on resources um you know that are available to them they may choose to have a private consultation with a private midwife just to get an independent opinion from someone who's absolutely an expert but they're not necessarily um tied to exactly they're kind of they're removed from the situation they're not connected to a particular hospital where they are being driven by the particular they won't be biased in their decision Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so what they're giving you is just a unique, tailored answer based on their medical assessment of you and your specific mm-hmm. um, situation. But for women who, you know, perhaps that resource isn't available to them financially to be able to speak to a, an independent midwife, just to know that they cannot actually ask to speak with somebody else within the, the trust, the NHS trust that they are um dealing with um not that they might necessarily get a different answer but um <clears throat> just knowing that they can speak to different people and get to the point where they're having a conversation about their unique circumstances not just yeah. statistics yes. so um yeah absolutely i've dealt with um i would say probably about two or three women um i think it was three women actually who intended um to have a feedback one woman um did actually have another cesarean and the other two women did have um their feedback without any complications so obviously i've only Lovely. got i've only got a small pool to, to draw on there but um you know it's quite a high um you know out of the three women that's quite a a nice statistic to say that that two out of three um, um, we're able to That's get really get good. What I mean, wanted. I actually do. Um, I am a VBAC coach, a specialist. Mm, yes, but I deal with women overseas. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because um, they seem to need more support mm. than the mothers that are here. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and I think um, listening to you, hypnobirthing definitely is something. Where? How far out in in around London do you travel? To be honest, I'm, as long as it's London, I'm quite happy to, um, okay. to yeah, I, I get around quite easily. Um, so I don't really have um, a, an upper limit. I always will speak to um, couples if somebody wants a private class and they're further away, I might ask them to come to me or we might meet somewhere um, in between. So I do do group classes as well. I'm based in North London in Islington. I do um, a handful of group the year but my main work is um one-to-one work where i've gone to um work with a couple um on a one-to-one basis or a mother by herself on a one-to-one basis and that really allows me to tailor things 
for them. So the VBAC mothers that I've worked with have always been um, private um, clients because I think um, sometimes as well, some people actually really benefit from the group environment. They want to meet other yes. couples, like-minded couples who are going through pregnancy and perhaps will be birthing at around the same time as them. But some um, women may be more private and prefer to have maybe a more confidential situation, especially because every everybody's different. Everyone some is. mothers may have gone through previous losses and they don't want to share this. That's Yes. Um, with the group yes. or they may just have a lot of anxiety whatever the situation is and they would just feel more um, confident speaking to me almost like a therapist because you know I am a hypnotherapist as well I did, yes. I did train as a, a counsellor and hypnotherapist before I became a hypnobirthing teacher so that is my um, my background so there is part of my hypnobirthing practice with um, my clients that is is therapy um you know it's sometimes it's just listening not even giving a solution because there isn't always an answer I, I don't necessarily even think that that's the way I don't think it's anyone's job necessarily to give a woman give an, an answer, answer but just yes. to be just to be an ear yes. and to, to just for her to know that or just to give solutions yeah because like you said you know a mother may want another healthcare provider exactly yeah. and all it takes is for you to give her the solutions as to how she can go about finding a new healthcare yeah. provider or Indeed. Or, Indeed. You know, and just sort of signposting in the right way. Like I, mean, I think so many it women is. that I've spoken to as well, like it might be a woman who has a partner that she intends to have at, at the birth, but she might even still have a few worries like, you know, how are they going to cope? Are they going to be in the right headspace you know are they yes. going to be able to support me in the right way and you know I, I may have signposted those women to to do this because they've needed that extra um, yes. level of support where they felt it beneficial to have another woman who is you know very skilled um and very experienced in just being with women in the same with, way that yes. you know midwife obviously means with women but doulas are able to hold that that space and and be doula for the mother be doula for the mother's partner as well um and just and it of, also helps with a doula to for the mother to still feel that she's in control yes absolutely absolutely and it's just that extra um sort of person as well who can be kind of keeping an eye on the thing that you want for your birth without you having to kind of come out of your deep relaxation and to be negotiating things because again imagine you'll know this um Delia that birth is you know it's a very primal experience if the woman is very deep into her labor she's you know she's kind of out there she's out in space almost so imagine now that maybe something is happening in the birth space that is not what the woman wanted to have happen and it's not something that's necessary if you've got a doula there or if you've got a birth partner there who's very in tune and and clued up with what the mother wanted that person can then just say actually um you know that can can we not do that now or can we wait for that for later on you know you've got someone else that's speaking up on your behalf so you as as the mother who's birthing you don't have to kind of suddenly be super alert and say oh actually um midwife can you can we not do that or can we do this instead so you've got someone that's protecting your space basically that person is holding the space um for you to just be in your birth zone um and not have to deal with all this kind of cerebral problem solving and negotiating no you're correct you are so correct and i think it's something that we need to put into make a priority um as much as possible so then that way mothers do still feel that they are in control yes and it's not a case of them feeling out of control and i think the hypnobirthing does really help that Mm. because the hip 
no part is about being in control, but it's about being in control of herself. Yes. Yes. More than having any control externally, mm-hmm. but really control internally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that has a big um, effect because I think if you've ever seen somebody in a state of panic, they can work themselves into a panic attack yes. quite easily oh. because they sort of build it up yes. and then the breath is very shallow and it just seems so much, you know, and they're feeling tightness in the chest and yeah. rest of that. Imagine dealing with that degree of panic and being in labour at the same time. That's not good. You know, it's just, it's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? And then of course, baby's feeling everything as well. If mother's oxygen supply is restricted, you know, then baby's not getting the best oxygen supply as well. You know, muscles are constricted and just the whole thing is more of, you know, you're on a slippery slope to a a distressed baby, which therefore leads to um, various interventions because nobody wants a distressed baby. Um, so being able to understand what's happening in your in your system, in your body, and knowing how to get yourself to a position of being more calm and more relaxed, I think is um, what makes it really beneficial. And just to touch on something that you mentioned at the beginning, um, Delia, where some women may have said that, oh, it didn't work for me, or I didn't hit the birth or whatever. I think um, sometimes that stems from maybe there being a misconception about what hypnobirthing actually is. Because like I mentioned before, you know, I've worked with women who have had, you know, they've had maybe an epidural and they've taken every single drug. But they will come out at the end and they will say, I'm so happy, you know, I did it. And for that woman, what it meant was feeling that she was calm, feeling that her wishes were feeling that she knew what her care providers were doing and why feeling that she understood the risks and the benefits of Mm -hmm. everything um and knowing that that was her choice and that you know those decisions were made um, with with her consent and it wasn't you know the respect and the decision weren't made for her and for that woman that was a hypnobirth you know and whereas if you say just that to somebody else I'll be like what do you mean though because she had drugs and she had all this intervention how's that exactly hypnobirth? but it's it's not I would say hypnobirth is about, about that, though, how it? you felt a positive birth yes. experience is what yes. I would say hypnobirthing is um so yeah I think um I'm very clear when I teach women you know I'm, I'm not sitting here promising you a pain-free birth I definitely know lots and lots of women that I've taught who would definitely say the birth wasn't painful but it was powerful or it was strong or it was intense or that exactly but not necessarily painful and I have had many women who will describe it as painful but we we all have our different perceptions of things so I'll I'll never sit there and tell you that it'll be perfect I'll never sit there and tell you that it'll be pain-free I'll never sit there and tell you that your care providers will be absolutely perfect and do everything (laughs) you want them to do at the same time though what I can I can say is that rather than sitting there worrying about all the things that could go wrong and might go wrong, let's focus on what we would like to have happen. How can we work with our care providers to get as Mm -hmm. close to that as possible? Who can we have in our birth space to um, ensure that that happens? You know, all of these things are really important. Like I was working with um, a a young woman, a dear um, sister friend last night, who's um, expecting a baby in June, um, sorry, March, March of next year. Um, and she was just thinking about who she might have as her birth um, partner and was a bit unsure about the person that had kind of nominated themselves. And I, and I said to her, you know, it's not for me to sit here and say that you don't have that person, but this is the one time in your life where you get to be selfish because it's about you and it's about your baby. <laughs> and if, if you're already thinking from now that this person might not be the best person because of their energy or because of maybe they respond the way they respond in situations that are a little bit, you know, nerve wracking or whatever, then, you know, you've got the next five months or so to really think about it, but it may be 
that that's not the best person um, for you. So I think it's almost as well, this letting women know that they have permission. You have permission to give the permission because you are the one that does the allowing. Um, so I think it's even sometimes just letting the woman know that she's she the one has in, permission isn't absolutely it? That she a, has control over the whole situation yeah, it's just handing that power back um, it is you know so I'd, I'd love it when we get to a, a point um whenever that might be when you know pregnant women and laboring women are no longer having to wonder am i allowed of course you're yes. allowed it's your body it's your baby it <laughs> you it you, you do the allowing and you've got fantastic people to support you fantastic care providers you know hopefully you've chosen them for partner as well mm. um and and between all of you hopefully it will be a positive um experience no matter what turn the birth um actually takes that's brilliant i i think that everything that you've shared really fits with whoever is listening as a pregnant woman mm. or mother because i what i wanted to ask as well is um how often would a mother, depending upon her gestation, her the trimester, mm-hmm. would she do hypnobirthing? Mm-hmm. Would it be too late to do it in her third trimester, or not at you know, all? What, what do you, when do you feel would be the best time, or isn't there a best time? It's just her mm. doing it. Yeah, I would say um, obviously the more time she has, as many weeks as she has, the better because it means she's just got a longer time to um, really immerse herself in the practice and you know the the scripts and all the work that she's doing has a compounding right. effect. However, I would say you know as long as she's got you know a few weeks left, it's still very beneficial. I mean, I myself came to hypnobirthing very late. I mean, I was at least. 30 maybe more weeks um when I learned about hypnobirthing my son was born at 37 plus four so I was probably hypnobirthing for I don't know maybe six weeks or so right. which is, is not that long but even still in that short amount of time I but was I mean, able to gain day, huge benefit yeah because yeah. you're dealing with it every day you can absolutely you can choose what day what part of the day you want to do it how long you want to do it for indeed so exactly and it's actually consistent isn't mm, it i think that's really helped yeah i think that's definitely the key so um it's very much you do the practice during pregnancy it's not a question of okay you've been to a class maybe you've read a book and that's it you pack it away and you just get it out when right. again it's very much it's the work you do in pregnancy that makes it on the day because we're working with the subconscious like i mentioned in the state of hypnosis you are layering these positive suggestions you are helping the body to know what it feels like to be calm and relaxed because I think in the environment the society that we live in we live very frenetic and busy lives and some people think it sounds strange when I say to them you know in this hypnobirthing course you'll learn to be an expert in relaxation they think oh I know how to relax you know I sit on the sofa and I watch TV oh, but actually I hear that so many times. but actually when we do the relaxation I get people say to me all the time oh my god I didn't realize that I had so much it's, to let yeah, go of yeah you know, I didn't I didn't realize that my yeah. Shoulders were basically up by my ears, and that yes, through this relaxation <laughs> script, you know, my shoulders were just dropping and dropping and dropping, and then I practically felt like I was a, a puddle, melted puddle oh. by the end of it because I was so floppy and soft and relaxed. Yes. And once you identify, once you know, okay, that's what relaxation feels like. Mm. You build your muscle memory, then you know, okay, I know I, I'm getting into a state of relaxation, but actually relaxation, but I know that I'm tight right now because I can feel it around my shoulders. I know that I've got a furrowed brow. I know what 
what it feels like to let go of that because I've listened to this script. I know that I need to loosen this furrow between my brow. I know that yes. I need to let my shoulders drop down. I know that I need to um, unclench my um, buttock muscles or my pelvic floor and mm. just be loose and be free. And in practicing that, your body, as I said, your muscles remember how to do that so in the time of labor and labor is the biggest letting go ever isn't it imagine this in in letting go in all senses you know letting go of um any hang-ups letting go of oh do I look pretty like this letting go of you know oh this person seeing my you know my Volvo or whatever it might be it's just letting go and being free and also just not clenching anything you want to be free so that your muscles can do what they're doing so that your baby has the space he or she needs to make their way down the birth path so um in in learning all of that relaxation during your pregnancy when you're in labor it will be effortless because your body knows what that feels like yes so um yeah but um i think the latest lady that i've taught as in the furthest along in pregnancy she was probably about 34 weeks um so i would say the more weeks you have, the better. But yes. even third trimester, absolutely, um, she will definitely get something from it, especially if she's consistent. And yes. it's a real, it's perfect excuse to take some time out for yourself because many women, as you know, they'll be working Don't into late time. Yeah, they'll be working into late in their pregnancies. Yes. You know, they might literally be on maternity leave from 37 weeks yes. or 38 yeah. weeks or something. And so they only have two or three weeks if that because depending upon exactly. the condition of their pregnancy yeah. they may have to be induced yeah literally a week later exactly exactly so the fact that she has this practice which is her own time ring fence just for her to spend this moment with herself with her baby maybe with her partner just being relaxed being at ease visualizing what she would like to have happen mm. on the on the birthday you know visualizing what it's like to meet her baby to smell her baby to feel her baby hold her baby for the first time all of these things that's such an oxytocic feeling just picture it i mean is. even now for me as a mother of a 10 year old i picture his face and i melt you know so yes. imagine for a, a yes. pregnant woman who's imagining this baby she's never met before it's such you know it's a visceral feeling you know for me it's a real it's a, a physical sensation i can describe of what oh. it's like to um, visualize my my baby's face, my mm. baby, my big boy's face. <laughs> um, so again, all of these things—it's part of the bonding experience. It is. The, your body is flooded with these positive hormones, and the baby in, in you know in utero feels this too. Um, you know, there are many studies that, that show that you know babies that are um, exposed to maybe sort of high stress hormones. You know, if a mother unfortunately has a stressful pregnancy, you know, high yeah. levels of cortisol that does affect them even into it their does. adult life. You know, higher instances of of you know cardiac issues and maybe yep. um, stress related and um, maybe sort of depressive situations when they're mm-hmm. when they're older because of um, situations from when they were from, from, in, utero. in the womb. Yeah, Just in the womb. So um, we really can't underestimate you know we we should care for our pregnant women and we should help them to care for themselves because it does affect the future generations you know it does so, it does yeah now, tracy it's it's i think hit the bird thing the way you've explained it i can't see how someone doesn't say Do you know what i'm going to try that <laughs> because yeah. you know you've explained it in such a way that it just sounds so natural mm. and it sounds as though yeah this is what we should be doing this is how i should be doing it um where's my nearest hypnobirthing therapist mm. where can i find her and you're in north london yes yes, yes i am yes yeah mm-hmm. 
That's and right. how can we contact you? What's your? Have you do you have a website? I mean, where where can we get hold of you if if any mother would like to communicate with you and get further information? Mm, yeah, of course. Um, so I'm on all the social networks as you would expect. I've got my website as well. Um, so my company is called Sankofa Hypnobirthing. So Sankofa is S A N K O F A. Um, and for those that are wondering, because I always get asked, people assume it's my surname actually, but the word Sankofa <laughs> is from West Africa. It's from Ghana, and it basically means to go back it means go back and get it if we're to use the literal translate translation and that means to go back retrieve past wisdom to to use it now to use it in right. our present time to benefit from that um and i when i you know sort of came across this because my family I, we are from ghana um ourselves and that's my origin i thought that makes perfect sense. Of course, that's yes. what I'll call my business because this wisdom of how to birth comfortably and um, instinctively is, is within all of us. It's just yes. that it's, it's forgotten. It's kind of been pushed to the wayside. So that's my business name. You can find my website, um, um I'm on Instagram as well um, as Tracy A. So Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y-A underscore hypnobirthing um and you can find me on facebook as well um with my business name sankofa hypnobirthing um yeah and i'm i'm always happy to have initial phone conversations consultations um with women or even their partners sometimes it's the the partner that reaches out to me to find out a bit more information yes. um and that's completely you know free i'm happy to to have a chat and find out if it's right for you and what your so, you need um, so important yeah because a lot of fathers to be they want to be able to support and they don't know how to because they can't connect yeah. with the labouring woman. Mm. And I feel that if they have a connection, something similar, mm -hmm. a thread that they can both use and yes. say, look, we're going down this path, I think it really will help. So, yes, mm -hmm. um, I actually think that what you're doing is amazing. Mm, um, I have quite a few mothers that I can send to you right. and mm -hmm. um, at least at least send them to your Instagram page mm. or your Facebook page and just have them communicate with you yeah that'd be great I'm always happy yeah. to talk <laughs> spread the news spread the words everyone should definitely, know <laughs> definitely no thank you so much Tracy it's thank been, you a, it's actually been wonderful listening to you you've grown so much <laughs> it really is thank you it's a pleasure but yes um Everyone that's listening, once I put the podcast out, I'm sure we'll be communicating with you because I feel that um, what you have is really special mm. and I feel that it's, it's essential and beneficial to the many women, whether they're pregnant or not, mm. to many women because it's women who are also suffering from anxiety, suffering from depression. You know, if mm. that can help them to calm them down and make them feel more in control of their lives, Absolutely. why not use it? Absolutely. Yeah, but Tracy, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Delia. It's been a pleasure as always. You take care. <laughs> yeah, you too. Bye. 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 You have been listening to Pregnancy Without Fear podcast with me, Delia Mohammed. If you want more information from today's episode, you can find our show notes page at www pregnancywithoutfear.com Your vote of confidence and support means the world to me. Thanks so much for listening.